Welcome, and thanks for checking out the Living Word Family Church Sermon Podcast. Before we get to the message, we'd like to invite you to check out Living Word Family Church if you don't already have a church home. For more information, you can check out our website at livingwordfamily.org. Good evening. I was uh, sitting in my office this morning, I was telling Pastor Mike this earlier, we've been going through the book of John on Wednesday nights. Uh, we, uh, not, I didn't set out to do a series on John, I started somewhere in John chapter 7 or 8, I think, it told a story, and then it's like, wow, then one thing led to another, and we just started going through it verse by verse, chapter by chapter. And so I got into it this morning, reading up into uh, John chapter 12, which is where we left off, and just felt like it was so anyway I was uh, felt like I was banging my head against a wall and so I took a break and uh, uh, opened up a news page and and a headline caught my eye and I got to thinking about it and reading a little bit about it and I'm gonna say uh, I don't know how many of you are baseball fans I know I know some of you that are Uh, I'm barely one I get excited when the Cubs are doing real well Uh, but I, I I I never know when somebody's playing. If I turn on the TV and Cubs are playing, I'll watch it for a while. If I'm out at Dad's and he's got it on, I'll watch it for a while. Uh, But I want to say a little bit about a player that you've probably heard of. I mean, he's not like uh, Babe Ruth or uh, Willie Mays or even A-Rod or somebody like that. But he was a good player. Good player. And uh, I'll give you some of his stats. And these are not record-breaking stats, but they are list-making stats. Uh, 1,208 RBI, good for 149th all-time. 1,077 runs, good for 273rd all-time. 289 batting average, 415th all-time. 498 doubles, 65, 65th all-time, two times league leader. 183 stolen bases, 412th all-time, two times top 10. 174 home runs. That's uh, good for 420th place all time. So again, not somebody who's famous for all these stats, but somebody who obviously had a good workmanlike career. Uh, And a good guy. Gentleman and, for what it's worth, a devoted Christian. And he died a couple of days ago. But even if you are not a real baseball fan, you may have heard of this guy. But if you have heard of Bill Buckner, you've heard of him for one reason. Anybody want to shout out the reason? The error. If you do a search for top ten errors in Major League Baseball, this will be number one. The error. Bill Buckner, 1986 World Series. He was playing first base for the Boston Red Sox, playing the Mets. And... uh, Tenth inning, two outs, one man on. Mookie Wilson hits what uh, Vin Scully described as a slow roller. I'm not sure I would describe it as a slow roller, but it went right between his legs. And uh, the runner on second scored. Now, if he had made this play, the only thing that was guaranteed was that the game would have gone to the 11th inning. But everybody invokes the curse of the Bambino. Boston Red Sox will never win. And uh, anyway, they lose the World Series. And this is his legacy. 
And this was before the internet age. All right? Good man. Good player. Played for the Cubs for a while. And <laughs> yet his legacy is the error. Now there's something, I'm trying to, you, you want to look for a biblical parallel here. There, there is something kind of disturbing and sobering that the Bible has to say about, uh, about our legacy and about foolishness and about things that we can do wrong that can mess up what is otherwise a good life. You can turn, if you want to, to Ecclesiastes chapter 10. Youth group, does that sound familiar? I was in the youth group last week preaching on Ecclesiastes. Youth group, does that sound familiar? All right. No. <laughs> Ecclesiastes 10.1 says this, Dead flies putrefy the perfumer's ointment and cause it to give off a foul odor. So does a little folly to one respected for wisdom and honor. And what it's saying here is they can have a vat full of this ointment that is made to smell good, and all it takes is a couple of dead flies to ruin the entire batch and make it smell awful. And you can take somebody who's got a reputation for wisdom, for honor, for goodness, and just a little bit of folly will ruin their reputation. Your reputation, my reputation, our reputations. But that's not really talking about mistakes, is it? Foolishness, sin, even measured against a record of mostly good, good works, good reputation. I've shared this before. Uh, in the army, they had a saying, and I'm going to give you the G-rated version of it. It takes 10 attaboys to make up for one O-rats. And in this day and age, the Internet age, you want to scream laughing? Go to YouTube and type in news bloopers. Anybody ever do that? There's live news reports and the mistakes that have been caught on tape and immortalized. These are a riot. I mean, they are funny, funny, funny. Except I always, I can't help every time I watch these, I can't help putting myself in the, putting myself in the reporter's shoes or the anchorman's shoes. These are people who are good at what they do. Even if they're not, even if they never do anything outstanding, anything mind-blowing, they're professional. They're good at what they do, but we, they're good at what they do, but we expect them to be. We turn on the TV and we expect them to be perfect. So when they blow it just once, that's what we remember them for. Man, I am just biting my lip trying to keep from giving some examples. Many of you, I'm sure, have seen these, so I'm, I'm just not going to, okay? Well, maybe one. No, 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 I'm not going to. When they blow it, I mean, pow, that's what we remember. That's what they become famous for. And we've even seen this. I have seen it where you've got an anchor saying they throw the story to so-and-so out in the field, and the person out in the field makes a mistake, and then the anchor laughs and says, Welcome to the Internet. 
welcome to YouTube. People are never going to forget this because they've been there before. That's their legacy. Just like that. Or is it? Who really remembers or knows them that way? This is a short sermon tonight, so pay attention to this, all right? Did you just look at the clock, Rainy? You're going to time me just because I said it was a short sermon? <laughs> I'll bet I'm down by a quarter to late. If I'm not, I'll buy you Dairy Queen. Not all of you, just Rainy. Right. Who really remembers people for their mistakes like this? I mean, that, that's how they identify them, all right? The, <laughs> All right, there's this one great one, okay, where <laughs> it's just I can't remember laughing so hard because it was such a bizarre thing to hear. Uh, and it was, it was blurry. I don't remember. I couldn't give you the time frame. But this, uh, this reporter, she's, she's like the co-anchor, and she's introducing a story about a blind mountain climber. Has anybody seen this? Uh, about a blind mountain climber who climbed Mount Everest, okay? So she says, <laughs> Coming up, we're going to hear from Eric Weisignair, I think she mispronounced his name, who climbed the highest mountain in the world, Mount Everest, but he's gay. I mean, he's gay. Excuse me, he's blind. <laughs> this is exactly what she said. And, and you can see her co-anchor go, like this. Like, where did this come from? Now, you can, if you do the research, you can find out why she said this. But it doesn't matter to anybody. This is just one of the stupidest things anybody's ever said. What, how do you confuse these two things? They don't sound the same. They're not related. But if you don't know who this woman is, or if, oh, let me put it this way, if you only know one thing about this woman, that's what you know about her. And it's like this all over the place. I mean, there are some funny, funny things out there. But it's funny, but it's sad because I, I can't help putting myself in their shoes. What if that was me? You know, they're not going to remember the 100 nude newscasts that have nude cast. See, there you go. There it is. 100 newscasts that I do perfectly. They're going to remember the one big mistake I made. Who remembers them that way? I'll tell you who remembers them that way people who don't know them at all. You and me. We have no idea who these people are. We just see what we see on TV, on the internet. Does it hurt these people? It's got to. Yeah, it does. But does it matter? It doesn't. What is your legacy among the people who actually know you. People who mean something to you. What is your legacy according to God? You guys have heard of King David, right? A lot of you know where I'm going with this, and that's fine. I'm going to read some things. King David was, you know, famously referred to by God as a man after my own heart the greatest king of Israel, chosen while he was a shepherd boy, anointed king years before he actually became king in Jerusalem. And I'm going to read some references to King David 
And these are references that were made long after David lived. In uh, 1 Kings chapter 15... And this is, uh, in, in Kings and Chronicles, it, it gives us the story of kings, different kings who reigned at different times in Jerusalem and in uh, Samaria, but in this case, Jerusalem. Uh, many of you remember from our Sunday morning series that uh, there were 20-some-odd kings in the northern kingdom and in the southern kingdom, uh, and most of them were bad. There were, I think, eight good kings in the southern kingdom. And uh, when it says, when it talks about these good kings, like here in 1 Kings 15, uh, verse 11, it says, Asa did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, as did his father David. Now, David wasn't his father. David was his ancestor, and that's what the word father means there, all right? Asa did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, as did his father David. 2 Kings chapter 18 Verse 3, talking about uh, Hezekiah, right? Hezekiah. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that his father David had done. 2 Kings 22, verse 2, talking about Josiah. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in all the ways of his father David. He did not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. And there's more. Uh, those are just a, a few examples. There's more. Sometimes it, it'll talk about a king who said, he did right, but not like his father David. David's the standard. Now, we know David did great things. If we read our Bibles, we know. If we've sat in church and heard the stories, been to Sunday school, we know that David defeated Goliath. He honored King Saul even while Saul was trying to murder him. He extended Israel's borders out to where God said they should be. He wrote Psalms. He wrote most of the Psalms. But David also had multiple wives. David was not a good father. David committed adultery. Even tells us who he committed adultery with, Bathsheba. David committed murder to cover up his adultery. Now, if we had a well-known and popular president, or politician at any level for that matter, I mean, they were really good at what they did. But they did these things. If we find out whether we have to dig for it or whether it just explodes onto the front page or the internet or whatever, that they've got a secret second wife or that they've committed adultery or that they've committed murder, what's going to happen to that guy's, or, or, uh, that guy's career, that woman's career? How are they going to be known forever? You know, I, it's, I, I, and I'm not, I wasn't a political science major. I'm interested in history. I'm not an expert on it, but I look at, uh, look at a guy like Richard Nixon, who if you do some digging, you realize he did some great things as president. He really did. He, uh, he was a foreign relations uh, guru. 
the stuff he did restoring relationships between uh, America and China. But you say Nixon, what's the first word that pops into your mind? Watergate. What do we remember him for? His failure. That's his legacy. What would happen? And what has happened? I mean, careers have been ruined for far, uh, far more minor crimes than what David committed. So how has David gone down in biblical history as a man after God's own heart? How has he gone down in history as the one that every other king was supposed to aspire to? Every other good king in Israel was compared to David. He did good, like his father David. He did good, not as good as his father David, but good. How does that happen? I'll tell you how it happens. Whose opinion matters? The opinion that matters are the people who really knew him. When you take a politician, a famous person, anybody, that the only thing you know about them is what you read in the news, what you read on Facebook, you have absolutely no relationship with them. You are only reading the stuff that has been reported. And let's face it, good news is not news. People dig for the dirt, and when the dirt comes up, it doesn't mean it's not true, okay? But this is all we know about them, and you can read, if you want to, I don't anymore, the comment section, uh, sections on things like this. They need to be thrown in prison. They need to be killed. They should be executed, blah, 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 blah. There's absolutely no mercy. But all of these cries are coming from people who know nothing about the person except what the news reports. They have no relationship with him. And so we scoff when we read the reports from family who say, you know what, this is really a good person. This is a good man. This is a good woman. Yeah, they made a mistake, but let me tell you the good things about him. And we laugh when we read about what their teachers said, their neighbors said. But these are the people who know them. Do we really find it that hard to believe that a good person can do something really bad? We don't until we're the good person who does something really bad. And when we blow it, whether it is a mistake, whether it is letting a, a ground ball, a slow roller, pass through your legs in the World Series, and whether you go down in history as the guy who lost the World Series, rightly or wrongly, this is your legacy. Or whether it's something you committed, whether it's a crime, a sin, whatever. Does that act really define you? Is that who you are? It depends on who you ask. I just asked the crowd, who is, what, who, what do you associate with Nixon? Watergate. What do you associate with any number of people? Now, I mean, you can take it too far. Okay, what do you associate with Hitler? Okay? They're evil people, don't get me wrong. But when people blow it through weakness, through temptation, laziness, whatever, should we let that define them? No, we shouldn't. But my real point is for those of you who have experienced this 
categorization. I guess it's a dual sermon. Number one, let me just get this out of the way. Don't do that. Don't fall into the trap of labeling people, of reading something or hearing something, a rumor. Let's, let's forget about the national uh, stage here and just talk about people that you know or you are acquainted with. Well, I read something or I heard a rumor. Are you really going to label that person and think about that person only in relation to the one thing you heard about them? Don't do that. But really, I'm talking to the people who have been labeled, who have been hurt, who have acquired a reputation or a legacy. Don't let people who have no real relationship with you define you. Don't get hung up on what people uh, who don't know you think about you. Think about what God knows about you. You know what? D- don't get hung up on what people who don't know you think about you. Don't get hung, too hung up on what people who do know you think about you. First and foremost, you remember what God has said about you, what he thinks about you, what he knows about you. Let me make myself clear. What you do matters. And what you don't do matters. I'm not saying, hey, it doesn't matter what you do. Don't let anybody, you just do whatever you want and don't let anybody. No, 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 no. You can't get lazy about it. You can't be hedonistic. Your actions really do matter. They matter to you. They matter to your family. They matter to the church. They matter to God. They matter to other people. But they don't have to define you. Psalm 103, he is mindful that we are dust. He knows what we're made of. He knows we are going to blow up from time to time, and he still loves us. What does God say about you? Let me tell you this. If you are a believer in Christ, if you are born again, if you are a new creation, according to the Bible, your life is hidden in Christ. And no matter what you have done, and it might be bad. It might be genuinely bad. Don't get my message. I'm not saying nothing you do matters. Nothing you do is really bad. No, there are bad things that we do. What David did mattered. You have to understand, God saw David through the eyes of mercy, through the eyes of love, and through the eyes of his eternal plan. But David's legacy with God was not his only legacy. There were others who only remembered him as an adulterer and a murderer, like Ahithophel, Bathsheba's grandfather, who joined forces with uh, David's son to overthrow him. There There are people who are never going to forget. I'm not saying people will forget it and everything's going to be okay. No, some people will never forget it. In some people's eyes, you will always be a loser. You'll always be a flunky. You'll always be a druggie. You'll always be whatever. But in God's eyes, you are forgiven. You are a son. You are a daughter. You are in Christ, and this is what he sees. And my point is, it's his opinion that matters. It's his opinion that is going to determine your future. 
now. If you refuse to believe in God, if you refuse to accept that forgiveness, if you refuse to accept that new life, fine. Go ahead, embrace it. Try to forge your path. I promise you, sooner or later, you're going to make the wrong person mad. You're going to acquire the wrong legacy, the wrong reputation. You're going to acquire enemies. As believers, we're going to acquire enemies. We don't have to worry about that. Because our God is bigger than all of our enemies. This is a good place to be in Christ, where all of our enemies are under his feet. And we're in his body, so they're under our feet, right? Stand up with me. Thanks for listening. We hope that this message encouraged and equipped you in your walk with Christ. Make sure to follow us on Facebook or Instagram to stay updated with what's going on at Living Word Family Church. Have a great day.